Just want to get out there somewhere? It's time to get off the grid with the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast. Broadcasting through Blue Collar Media. Thanks to OCAM 4x4 Accessories, Auto One, Distinctive Image, Outback Signs and Coldies Tow Bars and Bull Bars. G'day and welcome to the Red Dirt Podcast, broadcasting through Blue Collar Media on all of your podcast platforms. Now this program is all about getting off the grid in this great country of ours, getting some red dirt between the toes and of course all over your four-wheel drive. We talk about just about anything to do with getting out there somewhere, camping out under the stars, destinations, exploring Australia and of course looking back at the past. Now you can get in touch with us just by sending us an email. To do that, bluecollarmedia.com.au and click on Email the Duck. Well, it's been a while since we've done this podcast. It's uh, almost, well, I think we've had a year off uh, while we've uh, Rico and I have both uh, been busy with other commitments, but we're back. And uh, we, hate, we certainly do thank everybody for the feedback and plenty of people have been getting in touch with the pair of us and asking us, uh, look, when are you bringing back the Red Dirt podcast? Well... It is back. Well, as I say, Rico, it's been a while, but it's time to bring you into the fold, son. Mate, it's been a Welcome busy back to months. the podcast. Welcome back. Red Dirt. Busy We're, 12 months, hasn't it? We love it. Yes, it has been a busy... What do you think of the new intro, mate? Mate, love that. That makes us sound very professional. That's very, very good. And a big thank you, of course, to Matt Sumrall, who is the guru and the, the man at Sum Media, who does a lot of voice work for me. And, of course, our production team here at Blue Collar um, sorted it out with a bit of grunt yeah, he's done that. To, thanks to Nailed ACDC, it. yes. Nailed so, um, yeah, that's the sort of stuff we do here. So, um, so anyway, if you want to voice anything, mate, I've got the man for you, some media, Matthew Sumrall. He's not really a specialised voiceover artist either. He does a bit of it. but He should be. Uh, well, he's done a lot of it. He's worked in radio for a long time, but he does a lot of other stuff as well. But uh, we certainly um, enjoy his work here, and he's a good mate, so he's cheap. Thanks, Matthew. There's good on your you, plug. Mate. Some media, and, of course, our... Like I say, we've got a couple of people who work on production here for us, and uh, the boys did a great job of that. I think it sounds good. Yeah, I think so bit too. Bit of grunt, mate. mate. Bit of grunt. So over the last twelve months, obviously, uh, there's been a lot going on. Yes. What's What's been your highlight over the last twelve months that we haven't heard from you on the Red Dirt podcast? Oh well, mate. Well, really, I mean, obviously, the radio show is pretty strong these days. And uh, last year, we all had a shit year because we were um, in COVID, but we were lucky enough to get away to the Northern Territory and out back Queensland for a trip for Northern Territory Tourism, so that was good, and um, that saved out our year, not not financially, but I mean, saved our year in, yeah, not going in mad. regards to cabin fever. <laughs> um, so there that we got it, although it was helpful financially, that's for sure, but certainly uh, that was a bit of a, that was a highlight for me, to spend a couple of months in the Northern Territory, it was pretty good up there, the oh, top be, end. be very hard to take, yeah. I, I love it, the top ends. <laughs> for me... For me personally, and for those people who listen to us on the radio, know that I, I love outback Queensland. I love that Channel Country, but I love the I love the territory. I just think it's just something. It's just the way of life up there. Yeah, it is. It's totally different, isn't it? Oh, mate. I mean, have you been? Have you spent a lot of time? I know you've done a lot of stuff in the territory. Have you spent a lot of time up the top? Yeah, I've done a bit, a fair bit up Isn't there. It's great. It's just uh, the laid back attitude and the. It's like Australia in the old days. It's just this, yeah, it you know, is. who it's, gives a shit? This is what we do. It's like going back get in time, and, and up there they call it territory time, you know? Yeah, well, well that's right. It's, they don't stress too much. They'll get around it when they get not, around it. Not too bad, and uh, I think the um, all the swimming pools and the beer gardens and the way it's all structured up there, life in general is pretty good. 
Yeah, too right. And uh, you can see why plenty of people live up there. I think what I think what sorts a lot of people out is probably the wet season and summer. Yeah, the build up. Um, yeah, all of that. I think that sorts a few people out. Uh, but you talk to any locals that are up there and who have been living there for a while, they seem to love it, and um, they actually look forward to it. So. It's just a great place. Yeah, I, I haven't been up there for the build-up, but I would love to go and experience that. I know they mm. reckon it drives you mad with the humidity and everything, but, mm. I, but I reckon the the light show that you get up there with the lightning and mm. you know the storms on the horizon would mm. offset that. I, I could deal with that. Well, my mate Waddy, who runs Barefoot Fishing Safaris up there, he he tells me that he just gets like during like summer, he'll just pull a wet shirt out of the washing machine and just bang it on. Yeah, because it's going to be wet in ten minutes anyway from the humidity. But he <laughs> loves it. He just Loves them watching those storms coming in and no one runs to get out of the rain up there, he reckons. Everyone yeah. just, just pours rain, just keep on walking. Well, one, one thing he mentioned on last week's radio show that caught my ear was he said that the house turned into a, a mould ball mm. from all the humidity. Like yeah. You've really got to stay on top of it he's in order good, to try and keep it clean. He's got a good place up there too because he's got like this big dam and he's got these creeks that sort of run through with little swimming holes that have been dug so with a gazebo next Where, to it. Where's he based? In Darwin. Just yeah, in Darwin, just, yeah. just yeah, Darwin. Um when I say Darwin, not in the, obviously not in the city. Not that it's a big city, but no. no, just out of Darwin. As you're coming out of Darwin, heading south and he's um sort of not far from Berry Springs and he's in a little rural sector there. And, yeah, nice. Uh, mate, he's um he's in a good spot. But his place when I was there, obviously last year, it was during the towards the end of the dry. And everything was looking a bit dry and dead as it yeah. would. And, but you could just tell that once the rain came and he had a little creek running past his outdoor area and all these little drinking areas along these water holes on the property. <laughs> and you could just see the plants that, that were there that were struggling, yep. how, how they were going to come back. And there's the first rule in... Um, uh, rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. Leave the phone on... Um, well, not on silent... <laughs> <laughs> Which I do on the radio too, by the way. So it's a rookie. It's one of my rookie errors I do all the time. Uh, when, when we're filming, mate, if that happens to you, it's a case of beer for the crew. Yeah, right. Okay. Good thing there's no crew here, <laughs> no, which is good. Now, what about you? Because you've been pretty busy, Rico, like uh, when we were doing the podcast before. And, uh, yeah, we, we, and had we a... took a break because one, I was I had a few things on. You were busy doing what you were doing, setting up Australia Rediscovered with Rico. And that seems like a long time ago. And now you're back into it. You've been out. You've been filming. You've built yourself a new four-wheel drive. Yeah. Done all that. And, uh, mate, so you've been fairly busy yourself. Yeah, that's right. We were um, – when COVID struck, we were just about to, to do a bit of a deal with Jeep. And I was going to get a vehicle from those guys. But uh, but COVID struck and, understandably, they got cold feet and decided that it probably wasn't good timing. They were worried mm. about having to put people off all around the world. Uh, so I went out and picked myself up a GU – uh, with very short notice and got that built up. Um, the only trip we managed to do in that time before all the COVID thing blew over was uh, one trip out to corner country, which, as you said earlier, it saved me from a bit of cabin fever and it was good mm. to get a few Ks under the truck and see what it was going to do and it was yeah. all good. And, uh, yeah, now we're halfway through filming the first season of the show. It's only taken oh, two and a bit years to get to this point. Mm, <laughs> mm. But we're finally there and, uh, yeah, I'm actually leaving in a couple of days to go down to the high country. You've got to be happy with that. And that's the thing. Um, the one thing I found last year was, okay, once we all sort of came out of that lockdown, because the whole country was locked down yep. and you couldn't go anywhere and you couldn't travel unless it was for, you know, essential travel and all that stuff. And 
it was like, gee, what do we do here? And there was talk of it being six months. Thank God it wasn't. It didn't turn out to be a bit less than that. But the thing I found then when the borders closing, which was, I, you know, was a massive issue, but people then decided to explore their within their own boundaries. Yeah, that's right. And, and people, like, you know, I talked to the Silverton Hotel, he's doing 200 meals a day of all these New South Welsh, Welshmen that would never have normally gone there. Yeah, how good And that? the same was in Queensland. When I, when I, I was lucky enough, obviously, because we were working and we were working for NT Tourism, but coming back through Queensland, the amount of Queenslanders I met who lived on the Gold Coast or the Sunshine Coast or, you know, or in Brisbane that were out there in rental motorhomes, you know, new gear yep. or recently purchased camper trailers who had never done it before. Yeah. So that was a good thing whilst, whilst people couldn't cross borders and they still travelled within their own boundaries and saw parts of their own state they wouldn't normally see. Yeah, it's a blessing in disguise in that way. They Like you said, they'll get out to the areas they wouldn't probably normally visit, mm. you know, and... And every state's got those great little hidden gems, like you know, up in Queensland, you can go and do the dinosaur trail. Mm. You know, New South Wales. You mentioned Silverton and outback New South Wales is just incredible. Mm. You know, every every place has got it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you look at Victoria, and I mean, they've probably got the jewel on the crown. You know, yeah. with the high country, the high country and then South Australia, the South Australia, you've got the you know the Flinders. Yeah, and of course, you can duck up to Cooper Pedy and out out back South Australia, do all that, and yeah, well, they've got the Simpson Desert too, Abs- lucky buggers. Exactly. So you've got you know, and then WA, well, oh, they're the sport for choice. You know, <laughs> so and of course Tassie. So I mean, without having, without being, you know, not being allowed to travel. You could still do it and still go to great spots. Yeah, yeah, so and we good. did for the first half of the of the show. We were stuck mm. in New South Wales as well, yeah. as was all the other TV shows, I guess that uh, that are you know they were stuck with their home state and had to yeah. sort of make the best of a bad situation. Yeah, but I think they discovered. I was talking to Pat Callan and he discovered things that he didn't even know existed. So it was, it was good. So if people like Pat Callan and and yourself can discover places you didn't know about, yeah. The average person who gets four weeks off a year would have had a field day. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to hear where people went, when, mm. what areas they discovered that hadn't been to before and, yeah. and, and hear their experiences. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Say, yeah, you can send us an email, do that, bluecollarmedia.com.au, just click on the email button there. Um, yeah, that's right. It was just – and that was – you look at, like you mentioned, that dinosaur trail. The one thing the, the one thing I did feel for, or the one, the, the one group of people, not thing, but the group of people I felt for – were the country publicans who rely on the campus behind the pubs. Yep. The, like that, you could imagine the struggle for the people up Cape York last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Like, you know, the roadhouses, the little businesses, the like. You know, look at the croc tent. Yeah. I mean, how much reckon they would have, I mean, they just wouldn't have opened. That's right, yeah. You know, just an absolute... The Archer River Roadhouse, those yeah, sort of areas. Just disastrous. So, um, station. at the end of the day, um, you know, I felt for those people, so hopefully with... Um, with everything open back up now, they'll um, they, hopefully they can do a bit of two-folding. And oh, I reckon they up, will this pick, year, mate. It's going to be... Well, we can do that now. It's going to be like Parramatta Road up there this year. Yeah, and the other thing that came... One of the other positives that came out of it, I thought, was the fact that it's in, it, it introduced people to this lifestyle that we've known about for quite a while that wouldn't normally have done this. People have gone out and they've bought a four-wheel drive, they've bought a camper, they've bought a caravan, where if you'd have said to them two or three years ago, they was like, oh, no, no it's not for me. I'd rather, I'd rather go to Bali. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. go on a cruise. You know, it's um, – so it has certainly bolstered that industry, four-wheel driving, caravanning, camping, 
I mean, caravan sales were up near 300%. Useful drivers were up nearly 50%. Yeah. Sales. Yeah. So, so it's, and it's, the money they're pulling these days with the with what they call the COVID tax. It's always called, <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That's all the right. COVID actually. tax, yeah. Everyone charging extra because the demand's out there. So, mate, we'll just quickly touch on Rediscovered, Australia Rediscovered. So, you've filmed how many episodes now? Five episodes so far. So, the series will have how many? Ten. So, you're halfway through. So when do we hope to bring that out? That'll be out on YouTube, folks. So if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, you need to do that. It's Australia Rediscovered with Rico. You can jump onto there and subscribe. And then you're just going to put them all up at once. Oh, I'm thinking that's going to be the way to go. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear people's opinions. I, mm. I've spoken to a few YouTube experts over the last couple of days and they're saying don't do it that way. It's not the smart way to do it. But I reckon people are going to want to binge watch that sort of thing. Mate, don't you reckon? Bin- well, it, uh, mate, it depends... I'm surprised at the amount of people who binge watch programs. Yeah. I, I, I've got to be honest with you. I'm a bit of a binge watcher. Like I'll flick through Netflix and I've been caught out a little bit too by Netflix where I've flicked on something thinking it was a movie. So I'll look at it and look at what, this, what it's about, you know, you the little info button. Yep. And I'm like, this is all right. Then I realise, oh, hang on, I'm watching season <laughs> episode one of season one of seven seasons. Yeah, that's how I got stuck into Vikings. You know, so I'm like, I've got to keep watching this now. Yep. So I'm a bit of a victim. I think a few people are victims of binge watching. Do you binge watch a lot of stuff? Or? Oh, Look, I don't watch that much stuff, to be honest, but the stuff that I do watch is um, Vikings on Netflix. I, I binge watch that. Yeah. That was crazy. Um, the Opal Hunting Show on Discovery. Yeah, right. Really like that. Yeah, no, I've seen that one. And the most recent one is Forged in Fire, where these blokes, you know, got to forge knives and axes and yeah, know, right. swords and stuff like that. Yeah, so I wouldn't watch that stuff. But, yeah, that's good. You like it. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. No, well, I watch... Um, what do I watch? Friends. No, I don't watch Friends. I watch... Uh, I'll tell you what I do like. Home and Away. Have you seen Yellowstone on Stan? No, I've heard of it, but no, I haven't watched it. That's the best show I've watched in a long time. It's the best show since The Sopranos, I reckon. It's a cracker. And so, obviously, I binge-watched two seasons of that yep. to catch up. But I just couldn't stop watching. I thought, how good is yeah. this? Well, I'm thinking that I'm, I'm going to throw the whole season up in one go and, and let people do that. Um, you know, it's going to be trial and error, you know. I haven't done this on YouTube before. and Well, if it's there, they can do, then do it. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people don't do that. They just put them up and they go. But yeah. I mean, Ronnie Dale, who's probably... One of the biggest YouTubers out there in regards to what we do, you know, Australian travel and four-wheel driving, he reckons the secret is to put one up a week. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll do that. I might have a chat to Ronnie. I might yeah. give him a call. One a week. and that's. But he said you've got to – but the difference between what you're talking about and what he does is you're talking about 10 episodes. He's talking about 50. Yeah. And, and I don't know how he does it. And and some of the episodes we do are actually well we're doing we're telling stories as well mm. so that's a little bit yeah different. a different program and Th- and some of them are going to be split out across two episodes yeah. because it's such a big story yeah well see he's he what he does obviously is a different program to yours right yeah but mate that's a lot of work absolutely that's every a week gig. every yeah. week just full on every week bang every Sunday yeah it's a proper commitment uh, and then he has little extra episodes for people who pay. The Patreon thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've been looking at that model as yeah, well. Yeah, so where there's so, – so people who, who don't pay will see a pretty good program. Yep. But they won't see – You go to Patreon. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Imagine the behind bits. the scenes here. 
It would want to be a lot of money. Not pretty. <laughs> no, not at all. Especially late on a Saturday night. But anyway, <laughs> we were doing these things. I'll tell you one thing we did through COVID, which, look, which became very popular, and we're working on how to do it again, is we started to do these, these things from the bar in the, out in the shed. The duck shed, yeah. Right? Now, it started out just on the phone. I had Kevin Bloody Wilson for the first episode, chatted to him. We just filmed me talking to him on the phone. And then we got a little bit more technical and got our man, Sean Walker, New Life Media, the best yep. in the business. We got Sean involved and he said, no, download this software and you can have split screens and you can see them and see you. And I thought, you know, I'm as dumb as. So basically where well, we did all that. But then as it as they, the restrictions lifted a little and you're allowed to have, you know, four people at your place and all this, I then got a couple of mates in. You know, so we provided live entertainment. And it, it yeah, went off. You had a butler, and, didn't you? Well, we had a barber. No, well, not really a butler. He was out. He was a barman. <laughs> and uh, Re, great, the great Reggie, the barman, who who uh, became very popular. And a mate of mine, Wilco, who knows everyone in the music business. But, mate, we spoke to people on that thing, from Dick Johnson to Frankie J. Holden to John Steve. Oh, not John Stevens. Um, oh, mate, from... From noise, uh, from um, screaming jets. Yeah, Dave Gleeson. Dave Gleeson. We also um, we spoke to Brad Cox, Adam Harvey. It was just you know, we had, I think we might have had uh, Kevin on a couple of times, Kevin Bloody Wilson. But yeah, it, we, we mixed I watched it a up. Couple of those it was good, and it got it became really popular. But then I had to go to the territory, and we stopped it. And then what happened was we win the rugby league because there was nothing on. There was no, no footy. That's right. There was nothing, and everyone was as bored and shitless sitting at home. So I thought, well, we normally sit here anyway. Why don't we just film this, right? <laughs> Stick it live on Facebook. And it took off. And then um, say, so look, we're, we're, there are talks of bringing that back. Probably not because what happened, once the footy came back, people started to watch the football. Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, oh, you watch course. the footy on Friday night or me and a couple of dribblers in the bar, you know, <laughs> what would you watch? So, oh, the Tigers every day of the week. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, but we are, we are trying to work out a way of bringing it back. So, yeah, but, that'd be um, good. But that was just a COVID thing. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And we put a bit of production in it and we had a bit of a laugh. And, and, um, and But we, mate, we had a chef come around here on the barbecue and all yeah, sorts of things. I missed that one. It was, a bit, it was like a Nice cross, invite. Thanks very much. It was a bit of a cross between a really poor episode of AA on Saturday and the Don Lane show. <laughs> But it was, but it was all real and fair income, and we we're just making, we we're drinking beers while we we're doing it. Yeah. At some point, Sarah, I'd look, I'd think, might be time to shut this down. Might be time we'll shut this down, eh? <laughs> we was making it up on the run. But anyway, but uh, well, there was a plenty of people that came on it. So anyway. well, it doesn't get more real than that, though, does it? Well, it was fair income. I mean, yeah. there was we just sort of, I just sort of read an intro and the rest of what we made up, and and we have mates on guitars and, and how, things how like that. How lucky you'd have have mates like Adam Harvey and and Wilco well, and Blakes we'll, that can play and just you know at the drop of a hat, yeah, turn on the entertainment, like yeah, proper well, entertainment. Well, obviously, people who know me know that you know I do a, a radio show now with Adam Harvey. We're pretty good mates, but yeah, no, it was good and and it was good, like for him because I mean he was doing nothing and and a lot of those artists weren't doing anything. Yeah, that's right. So as they were all. Everybody was at home. Everyone was at lockdown. So they were pretty keen to at least do something and be out there and um, stuff to drink for a night, although many of them did drink while they were on as well. <laughs> um, Brad Cox, who was, like I mentioned him, he was good. He was having a can. and But we didn't just speak to people that were well-known either. I mean, we had Frank on from the Walkabout Creek pub to yep. talk about what it meant to him to own that pub. And, you know, and I me mean, mate Waddy, what it was like to live in the top end and 
make a living out of catching fish. Yep. So, you know, there was plenty of um, interesting stuff like that. And we kept – Dick Johnson was good. I've always been a fan. So I enjoyed um, I enjoyed the Dick Johnson chat. And he was having a bourbon while he was doing it and stuff like that. Mal Leyland. Yeah, Mal. It was good. He, he came on. I think he was on the last episode that we did. But we'll bring it back maybe. Yeah, we, all, good, we are looking at it. So, so mate, this little – the Red Dirt podcast, it is back. And I think it's something now – I mean, obviously, you know, we, we you appear on our camping radio show – you do your your show, but this, what this podcast will be about is just a focus on some of those places. We've talked about the territory and and what it's like out there, but just that remote. I think everyone loves that. Get on that red dirt road, don't they? Oh, mate, you can't beat it. You can't beat. It. You know you're out there once you get mm. to that sort of stuff. Yeah, and and you know it doesn't leave you. It's like Adam Harvey's song, you know, with. Uh, the Highway 1, you go around once, you go around again. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's just like the same thing with the red dirt, mate. Once it gets in your blood, yeah, yep, you, there's no getting rid of it. Yeah, it, um, I just think, you know, it's just something, you know, I was talking to a bloke the other day who was, um, yeah, I wasn't talking to him, he was on the email, just a, a listener who's going to the Big Red Bash this year and asking me which way to go. Yeah. You know, so I wrote back, to well, mate, where are you starting from? You know, like, yeah. and I said to him, look, if you... My recommendation for this bloke was to probably either on the either on the trip there or the trip back do the Birdsville track, take 100%. that opportunity, do the Mungaroni Hotel, yeah, hundred percent, do, 100%. do there, those three deserts, camp out there and just you know take it all in, yep. but do the Birdsville track. So if anyone asks, mate, you can at least say, well, I've driven the Birdsville track. Yep. You know, because the Birdsville tracks are fairly iconic. Of course. Track, you know. Absolutely. It's a bucket list item for every operator. And there's good camp spots along the way. And, of course, the Mungarani was probably the pick of it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We had a wild night at the Mungarani Hotel. It is a great little club. Oh, mate, Phil there, he's uh, he's a loose unit. Been for sale for a long time. Yeah. Is he still there? Yeah, I think he is. Phil, if you're listening, g'day, mate. Hope you're well. Yeah, so, you know, and then you can, you know, depending again where you're coming from, you could probably incorporate... You know, you know the the corner. You can do the corner country. You can do Cameron's Corner. If you if yeah. you go down the um from Birds, we'll go down the track a little way and then take that left across Walkers Crossing. Yeah, and end up over at Inaminka, and, and you can check out some Burke and Wills country while you're there. Yeah, you can see so Burke's you can, grave and Wills grave. So you can turn that into an adventure. Yep, absolutely. Or follow it all the way down and go to the Mari Hotel and yeah. take a, a day trip out to Lake Eyre from there. Well, I so I, much to see. When I first met you was at the bash a few years ago, and then I bumped into you at Marie. Yeah, that's right. We were fueling up. We were, and mate, we'd had a we'd had a great little trip down the uh, the Birdsville track where my mate's camper trailer disintegrated. That was him who just tried to call, actually. <laughs> oh, um, no. But um, yeah, it, it uh, he hit a hit a washout, and the whole thing just sort of oh wow, it just it went it went bad. Yep, it went real bad. So um, good thing for satellite phones. Yeah, that's right. He goes, just ring the NRMA. I said, well, I'm not sure how that'll work out here, but we'll give it a crack. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. It did work, yeah. So, um, but uh, it still cost him. But at the end of the day, it was uh, it was a good little trip down there. We spent half most of the day on the side of the track waiting for... What actually let go on the trailer? Was the wheel bearing or something? No, no, no. What what happened was the um, the axle. The axle okay. snapped. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh. Not much maintenance you can do to stop that. No, the axle, <laughs> the axle snapped. And um, basically, uh, it just just tore the whole thing apart, ripped yeah. the guards off. Obviously, oh, tore the yeah. back tailgate off, which included the kitchen. Um, yep. The the top of it had come off. It was scattered all over the. It, it, it was scattered all over the roadway or the track, and 
what yeah. it does do is gives you an appreciation for the blokes back in the day, like uh, Tom Cruise, the mailman, who used to do the mail run mm. from Marie up to Birdsville. No, mm. they didn't have sat phones. They didn't. They no, that's right. Travelling in convoy, they had to wait for someone to come past. That's right. Uh, which wasn't too frequent, <laughs> especially uh, back in those days. Yeah, well, you think about you know the unfortunate you know people you know, for people who perished out there, and yep, it's a pretty hard country, mate, isn't it? Oh, too right. Even now, even yeah. you know with mm. four wheel drives and air conditioning, absolutely. And, you know the the latest technology in tyres and all that sort of that's stuff. Right. People can still die out there. It's very very, you know, and that's why you're a bit like you. People ask about those awnings and side awnings and wings and things on cars. Yep, you break down out there, mate. You got no shade. You die. Yeah, exactly right. You know, so you need to, you know, you have it and obviously carry always carry plenty of water. I think these days as communications helps a lot. Um and and, in, and and your preparation is a lot easier these and the big, days. The big tip for newbies that like people who like you say might be going to the big red bash for the first time, if the worst does happen, number one rule and it doesn't cost you a thing, stay with the vehicle. Mm. Don't wander off, don't try and, you know, go and find help. Stay with your vehicle. That's the number mm. one rule. That's gonna give you the best chance of staying alive. Yeah, yeah. I think um yeah, definitely. Don't go wandering off. That's when it turns to shit. Yeah, every time. Mm. Never ends There's well. Never any good stories. Never any good endings when people start. I don't know where they wander off to. Yeah, but I'm going to find help. You're in the middle of nowhere. You That's know, right. you don't know where you are. You'd be walking for weeks. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't last that long. So, so mate, a highlight for you for um, you've got a, you know you've still got a bit of filming going on, but mate, your highlight out there. Where, where's it? Where's that must do with all the people that yeah. are just getting into this, who want it? Because we're we're on the now on the on the cusp of the travel season. It's not too far. I mean, it's June, July, August is the peak of it. But people start heading off before then. Yeah, that's right. From Easter, so you know, April, May. For people doing it the first time, where would you suggest if they want to go to the outback and get that experience? Yeah, I'd I'd have a look around the corner country area, up around Milparinka, Tipperbara. Yeah. Uh, and on up to into the Sturt National Park and, and Cameron Corner. Yeah. I, I for me, I think my highlight and and my must do's might be a little bit different from most people because I'm really passionate about those stories of yeah. the early exploration yeah. and the bush ranges and, and all of that sort of stuff back in the day. So a place like Depot Glen, mm. which is just out of the back of Milparinka up in Corner Country, for me is super special. Mm. To go there and see where Sturt and his men were stuck for six months due to the heat and the drought mm, and all the mm, rest of it, and mm. and just experience what they experienced because it remains pretty much untouched. Yeah, yeah. As as it was when Sturt was there. Yeah. You know, in the eighteen thirties, eighteen forties, that sort of stuff, and you know, I, I just I just love to get there and sit down and soak it up and yeah, you know, look at what he looked at, smell what he smelt, see what he saw. Yeah. You know, and and various other things around the country, you know, follow the same sort of thing. Yeah. But for me, that's extra special. But it's funny how we have these little landmarks and these little places like that. You think about, I was talking to someone the other day, and they were talking about the Tree of Knowledge in Queensland, which is where the Labor Party was formed. Yeah, that's right. You know, and how it's just Yeah, being there didn't help. And that, mate, you know, same here. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's just, you know, these, it's funny how we name places like that, the Tree of Knowledge. Yep. You know, so I'm not sure how much knowledge is in the Labor Party these days, but um, but it's it's it's, I mean, it's just um, but things like that, it, it's like how we I don't know if we've spoken about it before on the old the old days on the podcast. It's funny how we call it the old days, like how we call things big, you know, the big yeah. the big banana, the big pineapple, and we have some simple names. So the tree of knowledge, and not just the Labor Party. I don't know how much knowledge there is in any of them political parties these days. It's a bit of a worry. Uh, look, they're obviously intelligent people, but. Uh 
you know, they start it for the right reasons and it all goes mm. pear-shaped in the end. Yeah, that's it. Well, we're not going to be political here, that's for sure, unless, no. of course, they keep uh, shutting down tracks and things uh, or, you know, access to, you know, areas that we love. I noticed there's a, four, a couple of four-wheel drive clubs got together last weekend and um, went out and did a clean-up in the bush, massive clean-up. They got together with the New South Wales ACT clubs yep. and they went and did a, a, a huge clean-up. And you think, you know, good on you. I mean, that's just the four-wheel drive community and in particular clubs that, that go out and do stuff like that. But, mate, if people keep leaving their shit and rubbish around, we'll have access to nowhere. Absolutely. You just need to go up to Cape York <laughs> to find that one out. It's uh, just about every campsite up there is, is mm. pretty disgusting. Yeah. And, and well, it'll be pretty clean at the moment. Well, you would hope so, yeah. So hopefully it stays that way after this season finishes and everyone, yeah. you know, takes out what they take in with them and, you know, learns how to go to the toilet out in the bush properly and, and mm. all those sort of things. Mm. I read through the week that's maybe that, that – uh, I'll have to go back and do a bit of another look at it, but I read somewhere through the week that maybe some of the areas up there will be closed off by the Indigenous communities. Right. So I'm not sure – which includes a few camp spots that people like to frequent up that in that region, so – Keep your eye on that if you're going up there. Yeah, definitely do your research. So, mate, um, what else, mate? What else we want? You, you, we'll, we'll touch on history on the again on this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's a big part of what my new show is all about. So, mm. uh, I guess I'm going to have to be careful now that we're doing the podcast again that I don't give too much away. <laughs> Otherwise, people aren't going to watch the show. What are some of the um, the highlights you think will be for this? Well, we've done a story on Charles Sturt. He was one of those early explorers <laughs> I touched on earlier. He's one of my favourites. Um, mm. The plan initially was to do the story on Burke and Wills and sort mm. of do just that whole season on Burke and Wills because the story is so epic and it covers such a, a big sort of, you know, part of the country. But obviously with the border closures and everything, we had to change plans. So, yeah, we've done Sturt. We've done a, a couple of Bushranger stories. We've done Captain Thunderbolt and uh, Brave Ben Hall. Mm. So that was a good one. Yep. Uh, going down to the Victorian high country next week, we've got a couple of stories down there planned, mm. uh, which will be good. And this is you and what two other vehicles? Uh, yeah, myself and or mostly one other vehicle actually. Yeah. So we've got our crew, Terry and Sean, mm. and and just me. I was supposed to have my mate Dingo Dave co-hosting this show with us, but he's mm. based in Queensland, and with the border closures, that mm. again mm. made it made it impossible. So mm. Dingo Dave, I met Dingo Dave. Where was that at the Redland show last year? Yep. Yep. I think you're better off without him. <laughs> Yeah, but um, tough crowd here. Oh, isn't it, we're hard markers here, Dingo Dave. But uh, uh, he's a good, you yeah, know, he's, he's a good bloke. He's a good he, was actually, to with. he was actually, uh, he was. I actually met him in. A, I think it was a bar or a pub. It was overlooking the water. Anyway, it was a great spot. But um, and that's a good thing. That's one thing about last year too is that we missed out on all the shows. Yeah, we did. Um, I know that Queensland put a few on. There was a, a few latecomers at the end that got away. Uh, with some fairly strict sort of COVID plans and all that sort of stuff, and it would, and that was bad for a couple of reasons with the shows. One, well, everybody who wanted to get out because I love the shows. Oh, same, yeah. Just walking them. around them, and you just get that good feel about. Oh, I can't wait to get away again. Yeah. Looking at the latest gear, catch and up with all your mates from the industry, and, and yeah, all that stuff. Not that we've got too many mates in the industry, have we? Or I suppose <laughs> we have, but um, but the other thing was was the exhibitors couldn't show off their their gear. Yeah, that's right. Although now they've made up for it because they've got no caravans left to show or display because they're all sold. Yeah, that's right. My, my mates at Darty have been doing it tough trying to get stock. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's the same, got mate. Got no swags left. Yeah, everyone is the same. You talk to the boys at Angle, you talk to the boys at Bilstein's and anyone in this caper, 
can't get can't keep up with the demand. Yeah. It is good. Yeah, oh, it's great. Yeah, you know, good for them. You know, so um, but yeah, Darcy's a big one because if a lot of people were going camping, you know, the first thing you do is go and buy a Darcy swag. Yeah, absolutely. Love mine. Yeah, I know you've got one. Yeah, they're good. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if everyone's gone out and bought them, they can only keep keep the supply up for so long. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, well, the Brisbane show's coming up. That one's uh, yeah, I'll be up there a couple of weeks away. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be out filming. Unfortunately, I won't make it to the Brisbane show, and I was yeah, really be, looking forward to getting up there for that. But, yeah, uh, I'll be up there with the boys from uh, with the boys from OCAM. So I look forward to doing that. Yep, on the OCAM stand and. Um, they do the big towing mirrors on your car, don't they? They got the towing. They do a lot of gear. I'll tell yeah. you about. I'll tell you about uh, OCAM very shortly. But uh, yeah, OCAM do a lot of gear, and of course, are a sponsor of this podcast as Auto One. You've got to deal with Auto One. Yeah, Auto One have been uh, been amazing, mate. That was one of the things that that came out of the COVID time. Yeah. Um, they'd had some plans, and that had to change, and they mm. were looking to do something else, and they got in touch, and mm. you know, just everything sort of fell into place, and it's been great, and they've. Like everyone, been super busy with with off road stuff. Mm. It's probably not the first thing you think of when you think of off road gear, but is Auto One. But no. uh, they got a great range, and they've they've been able to help me out with heaps of gear on my four wheel drive. Um, you know the the whole electronic system I've got in the back, the dual batteries and all that sort of stuff. That all came from Auto One. It's it's one of the best systems I've ever had. Yeah, as a Mister Beat. Yeah, happy days. That's all right. So um, so high country then where. I'm still deciding. I actually had plans for a couple of different episodes that were would have seen me stay in New South Wales, but if I can, if the budget extends, we'll go somewhere else just so we can break it up. I'd love to go up into Queensland. I'd love to go into the Northern Territory. I'd love to go to South Australia. Um, we'll just see how it pans out, mate. So, Yeah, well, I can tell you now, and I can't reveal it here. I'm not allowed to, but there is a, uh, a pretty good event that's going to become a bucket list event to head to. It'll be announced soon. Okay. Uh, so hopefully we can... Um, Based where? Can't tell you. But I'm telling tell you now, there's, Queensland or New South there's going to be a huge... There's going to be a, a very, very big music event oh, that think, people will yes. head to and camp at and all that stuff. I think I think we've spoken about this in the past. Mm, no, we haven't. No? You sure? I'll ask, I'll ask you off air. You have to ask me off air. I'm not allowed. I'm sworn to secrecy, but okay. it's going to be an absolute cracker. So if you like um, events like the Gimpy Muster, Denny Ute Muster, Big Red Bash... Yep. You'll love this one. It's going to be a beauty. You ever been to Gimpy, the music uh, muster? No. Oh, that's a cracker. No. That uh, is an absolute All the cracker. Denny Ute muster. No, I haven't been to the Ute muster. <coughs> Why do they call it a Ute muster? Because they get all the Utes there. Yeah. It's not a muster of Utes. It's a muster of... Of people mm, in Utes. And beans. And yeah. beans, yeah. But they've had some big names too, like Alan yeah. Jackson and... You know, I mean, he played down there. I think you think about people that have come out here from overseas. Yeah, that's pretty huge, isn't it? We've missed Alan Jackson. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We've missed some big. Um, we've missed some big, like Luke Combs. I mean, I mean, yeah. people like him. I mean, we've been missing all those big acts. That's right. Yeah, he did CMC a couple of years ago. Luke mm. Combs. You yeah, notice now all the. I know we're, we're wandering, but you notice now all the <laughs> Hollywood movie stars that are moving to Australia. Oh, you there's, can't blame there, them. Well, there's no COVID here. <laughs> that's right. We have no community transmissions. We have. It's just all this. Byron, Byron will be the new Hollywood. Yeah, well, mate, I'm, from what I'm led to believe, there's a few. I've actually got a couple of mates who live there, and, uh, mate, they're not happy. No. <laughs> they want it all to themselves, but I said, well, yeah. think about the value of your property. Yeah, too, right. It's going to go through the roof, you know. We lives up the road, you know, like Matt Damon. 
You know, you beauty. I mean, he's there. Yeah. I mean, they're all up there. Thor lives there. What's what's Thor's real name? Oh, is it Hemsley? What's Hemsley, his name? Hemsley, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I, mate, I've got to say. Hemsworth. Hemsworth. There you go. Where do we get Hemsley from? Oh, Tigers Kerry. player. Kerry. Kerry. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. But, um, yeah, it is. It's Well, that's becoming, like, you know, I think, what's his name? Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Is he there? Oh, I read something about he's that. He's bringing out burger joints and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm actually a bit of a, I don't mind his stuff. He's not a bad, he's not bad. Okay. But anyway. No, I'll give that a miss. Hey, mate, you watched it, mate. You seen his movie Shooter? No. Oh, mate, he's, a, he's an assassin for the Marines or something. No, oh, I mate. can't watch Mark Wahlberg. He makes me feel fat. Huh? He's a pretty fit bloke. Have you yeah. seen the video? Have you seen his routines? Yeah. Mate. Crazy he's stuff. Dirty. Anyway, good on him. But, you know, he's, we should get him on. We should. Yeah, we'll make some calls for people we know. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, you, mate, have you got any sort of story you want to quickly tell today, or well, should mate, we just I, leave I, that for next week? Or what no, do you want no, about? I thought I'd touch on. On a bit of an unsung hero in Australian yeah. uh, history, it's it's a bloke that a lot of people would would never have heard of. A bloke by the name of George Evans. Yeah, you ever heard of him? No. No, well, there you go. George Evans was an explorer, um, and he was among the very first of the Australian explorers. He came out to Australia in eighteen oh two as a twenty two year old, and in eighteen oh three he ended up uh, as the acting surveyor general, which he sort of fell into that gig. He he explored the Warragamba River. Um, which we now know as the Nepean River, and he, he went as far up as the present side of the Warragamba Dam. From there he went on and he surveyed the shores of Jervis Bay and he went inland to Appen, uh, and that actually led to the settlement of the Illawarra region, so down around Wollongong and all around that area. That was all opened up thanks to this bloke called George Evans, who no one's ever heard of. Uh, he'd, he'd done a really good job on his first little mission there, so the governor at the time, Lachlan Macquarie, he gave him the gig of finding a bit of a passage to the west. So by 1813, he was given the task of conducting a journey to confirm the findings of the famous explorers Blackstone, Lawson and Wentworth. They were, of course, the first blokes <clears throat> to find a way across the Blue Mountains, which was sort of penning Sydney in and wouldn't let us go any further. But they found a way across and they sent old mate George Evans across there to make sure that, you know, what they said was true. And he actually kept going once he got there and he went out there and found the Macquarie Plains, named that after his mate Lachlan Macquarie. And he went as far west as Bathurst. So this was pretty huge. He opened up swathes of, of area for farming. And, you know, you think of all of the area you've got out there between the Blue Mountains and Bathurst and, and what great grazing country it is. He must have just flipped out when he got there and saw it and realised there was a way to get across there and obviously the colony could start expanding. Now, for this, he was awarded £100 and 1,000 acres of land down in Van Diemen's Land, which it was, it was known as at the time, back in 1814. Uh, Tassie, of course, but by 1815, he was back in New South Wales. He'd sort of gotten the, the exploring bug, so we wanted to continue on with that. In May of 1815, he was asked by Macquarie to leave from Bathurst and go and explore the Lachlan River down to the south. And he was the first European to enter the Lachlan Valley area in central New South Wales, which is uh, sort of around Burua and Cowra and that sort of area. He was also the first European to visit the Abercrombie and the Baluba Rivers, which are pretty major rivers down that part of the world. He was the, the furthest any... European had travelled west in the country. Uh, his next expedition after that saw him explore the Macquarie River as an assistant to a bloke called John Oxley. Uh, the Oxley Highway was named after John Oxley, so you probably recognise that name. They followed it north to the Macquarie Marshes, which is up there, uh, up past Burke, up that sort of way. Uh, and then from there they also discovered the Castle Ray River around the Canamble region. From there he headed east via the Warren Bungles and on to Port Macquarie. Now, all of this was before people like, you know, well-known explorers like Sturt, Stewart, Burke and Wills and Leichhardt, 
you know, names we do know. Mm. You know, this was all before that. And and still, most people have never heard of him. I think that's a bit of a tragedy. I've never heard of him. I, I've got to say to you that that's, this is what this TV show of yours will be, be about. I think yeah. it's very, very interesting, which is why I just let you just keep going on with it. But that's that's what it'll be about. And if you like your Australian history and love that show, it's funny. Do you ever often wonder, I mean, when you... You, if you see that you see like photos from the past, and you'll see photos of Sydney like, like in the early 1900s, where there's just land. Yeah, you know, as far and, as the eye can see, know, and, and, you know, fence and, and a little cabin. Yeah, and you think, what 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 would it would would have been like for people back in those days, getting around? Even where we are here, you're talking about the Hawkesbury and the Poo, and we're right on it, the, right, yeah. right right across out the front here, yeah, uh, the river. What was it like here? It was just would have been. Yeah, I would love to be able just to go back and have a look. Go back It'd be and hard walk, to imagine, wouldn't it? Yeah, just to walk through the middle of Sydney in the you know at eighteen in eighteen fifty. Yeah, from Sydney to Parramatta, and go you know how good is this? Yeah, now it's just overpopulated and buildings <laughs> and you know I mean I went to a, I went to a, a, a do not that I go into the city too much but I went in these days but I went in there the other week on a on a cruise on the harbour and then went back to this bar in this. In, in in the city and you're paying exorbitant prices for beers looking out the window of a building straight at another building you think you know like this is just this, yep. is, this is shit yeah it is it is <laughs> to me absolutely you know so it's like um, yeah the harbour's good and all that stuff but but if you know what I mean like it's the whole oh mate I even know. when I was in the city working it was the same thing I mean this is just yeah well, this isn't me I mean people love it Yep, people live in there. People, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them either. And good luck to you if you are one of those people. You know, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, where I live, people say to me, "How do you live out there?" Yeah, especially like people who I work with in the city at the radio station, and they come up home for a barbie, or we wanted to go somewhere, and they'd come past here, and they go, "Mate, how do you live out here?" And you can't walk out of the front door and, and walk think, fourteen paces and get a latte. And I think, um, I think you're kidding, aren't you? What a stupid question. How good is it? Yeah, you know, and. Um, well, mate, that's that's what attracts travel. me to, to getting out there, mm. you know, is to experience what these people experience. Well, I what think it, these, what these old stories... Mate, what old mate there, I mean, that's a great story. Those stories are so compelling to me. Mm. Um, I hope other people feel the same when mm. we bring the season out. You yeah, know? no, we look forward to that. And I just that. hope we do the stories justice. Yeah, we look forward to it. So that's what you want to do. You want to get onto, uh, onto that YouTube channel, Australia Rediscovered with Rico. And like we say, it'll be uh, it'll certainly will be educational, if not everything, anything else. Now, just quickly, you did some a, a tag along to it not long ago. How'd that go? Because you took oh, some mate, people we had so from the East fun. Coast over into uh, the Warwick region there in Queensland, ended up on James Blundell's farm. How was that, mate? That was just magic, absolutely magic. So we we uh, we started off in Coffs. Mm. So I'd actually just finished filming in Coffs, so we'd arranged to sort of finish there and meet the group there. Uh, these these both the guys that were on the trip. Um, well, the, the four of them, they'd come down from Queensland. Mm. So we showed them the big camping store there in Coffs. They had a great time. Showed them the big banana and mm. did all that stuff and had a look at the... There the it little, is, the big banana. The big banana, yeah. Mm. They've, they've got the the cheese and chockey shop in there and the little reptile park. So we had a bit of a wander around there and then made our way up into the hills out to a place called Buckarumbi. Yep. Um, on the banks of the river there, which was absolutely spectacular. So we spent the afternoon... Sitting in the river, having a few cans, having yep. a bit of a fish. What's wrong with that? Oh, it was very hard to take. Mm. Uh, from there, we went out to uh, Lavuka Four Wheel Drive Park. Oh, actually, now we went to Deepwater first, and we stayed at the Deepwater Pub. Yep. 
uh, just south of Tenerfield. Lavuka Fall Drive Park went out to there. What's that pub called there, Deepwater? Uh, the Longhorn. Yeah, what a cracking pub that oh, is. Oh, mate. Free yeah. camping out the back. Yeah, it's a ripper. A uh, couple of bucks for showers. You've got dunnies there as well. You've yep. got power if you need it for five bucks a yeah. night. It, uh, it doesn't get much better. Yeah. And the, the tucker in there yeah. is second to none. Yeah, I've had them on the radio show. Um, it's a thing, I think it's just recently changed hands. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, they're mm. doing a good job. Yeah, we might even try and get them on this week's show. Yeah, really, Another really chap. good. Yeah, certainly. The, yeah. Um, what is it? The, the camp oven pot roast. Yeah, that, all good. That is, that comes highly recommended. Yeah, well, you are, um, you you know. I'm a pub food connoisseur. You, you love it. So, 100%. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, and there we went up to James's, of course, and uh, yeah. had a big night there. Yeah, that the guy. Mate, that How was, was he? Was he... Mate, he is the most down-to-earth bloke you've ever met mm. in your life. It, you it's know. funny, you know, they're all the same. I mean, when we were up at um, Blue Lagoon Beach Resort there at Christmas time, which is basically a caravan park on the beach and and on the Central Coast, we frequented a bit. And Adam Harvey doesn't live too far. In fact, he lives 2.2 kilometres from the joint. Yep. And he came down for a couple of beers, and there were people who, you know, there was oh, I was out at a mate of ours or friends of ours there, but then there were people that I'd met who were sort of camped around near we were and, you know, you know, start talking to them and, you know, and taking the piss and all that sort of stuff. Well, when Adam came down, it was very funny because um, the first time Adam came down, this bloke that was camped near me, when um, when Adam left, he said to me, mate, I just can't believe you had Adam Brand here having a few beers. I said, it's Adam Harvey, you imbecile. I said, it's good to see you're a fan. But he was telling me what a fan he was. He'd seen him play somewhere. Oh, so this poor bloke had just had a bit of a mind block for a minute because, oh, mate, I can't believe you had Adam Brand here. Anyway, apart from all that, um, then Adam came back down like a week later and you know, we got on it. So I, so I, uh, I took Adam over and said, mate, come over and meet a couple of fans. I said, well... Here we are, mate. Uh, here he is. Um, Bazo, we were calling this bloke. There you go. Mate, have you met Adam Breen? Anyway. But, mate, they couldn't... Same thing. So Adam, you know, was having a laugh. We had a few beers with these blokes. And, and even when, again, when Adam went, they just said, we just can't believe how down-to-earth he is. Like, just yeah. normal. Like, he's talking about just fishing and yep. this and that and just normal... And I said, mate, that's just the way a lot of these people are. And that's James right. Blundell, who well, mate, is a mate of yours, and I've met a couple of times the same. Just and and the fact that he actually welcomes people, strangers, basically, based on your yeah say so, yeah. Uh, onto his property to camp was you know credit to. Oh, him. mate, it was magic. We had such a good night. You know, I travelled with him previously, and he knows that that my passion outside of four wheel driving is is the guitar and music. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not great. I'll never be great. I'm under no illusions. But he, he's so outrageously supportive mm. and patient and generous with his time when it comes to that. Yeah. So, you know, he showed me a few songs and got me up on stage to play with him. And, mm. you know, we did a few songs around the fire the other night. That yep. was fantastic. But but the real reason James is my hero is because he's living his best life. Mm. You know, he he's out there on a farm. He lives on a farm. Yep. You know, running sheep. Um, yeah, just doing it. He he's the real deal. Well, mate, you talked to Frank from the Walkabout Creek Pub, and he used to live up near there and yeah. drink at that pub. He worked on a lived and worked on a on a station. He's the real on a deal. Farm. I he's, mean, he's living his best life. Yeah, good on him. Loves a drink, mate. Tell you what, we had a few that night too. Yeah. Oh, mate, he bought out some Polish spirit of some description. Yeah, mate, Polish spirit. It was. Uh, yeah, 
It was brutal. Are you, you going to do any more of those trips? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Why not? Might as well, mate. <laughs> but then that's the go anyway. So, but um, you know, if you want to do that, you can just jump. You, you, when you do advertise those, you'll have the yeah. social media Well, I'm going to talk to him stuff. about seeing if he wants to do one where we finish up at the Gimpy Master because he's going to play there later this year. Yeah, in August. Adam Harvey's playing there as well. Anyway, but uh, as I say to you, this program, the podcast, we have a couple of sponsors and we'll acknowledge them, of course, Auto One, who look after Rico and OCAM four-wheel drive accessories, and I'll tell you a bit about them in a sec. But we've also got some affiliates. Uh, my mate Coldy down there at McGrath's Hills, if you want some work done on your four-wheel drive, he's your man. And, of course, Outback signs you. I don't notice your vehicle it's been wrapped, and the guys at Outback did that. They do a good oh, job, Brad and Min, don't they? Haven't they done a Min's done a magnificent job. I don't think Brad did anything, actually. No, well, he, well, he does, well, he's always working with Vic Woodman. So, But also, um, they did my vehicle, and they do some work for Nine Radios uh, vehicles as well, and everybody else around yeah. this area. I've been working with those guys since I was back in the four-wheel drive shop. Yeah, they, they're, uh, they're pretty good, and it's a little business they run, and they do a fantastic job. And a lot of people, whilst I was away, said, mate, who did this? Yeah, it's like well, made outback signs. Yeah, I get that all the time, everywhere yeah, I go. You know, who, you know what I mean? Because people are just stunned by it. You know, they see yeah. this fucking picture of Ayers Rock, and you know the Southern Cross going in it with the Australian flag into the desert, and they yep. just go, mate, who who designed all this? I said, well, mate, this uh, cracking feature wall behind you, and as well. the wall in the studio here, it's a beauty. Yeah, that was all Brad's work. I had I sent him all these things about Fraser Island, and Brad sent me back that. Yeah, he's nailed it. Hey, and um, even wrapped the air conditioners. How good is it? So uh, Min come around and did that. So they do a good job. So it feels, it feels a little bit like Uluru in winter here and here at the moment. Yeah, I got it set at eighteen. So there you go. <laughs> but anyway, but look, if you're looking for quality four by uh, four by four accessories uh, for your four wheel drive, well, for on road or off road travel, look no further than OCAM four by four accessories for quality products and all the fruit you need that won't break the bank. OCAM stock a wide range of vehicle protection products, bull bars, nudge bars, bash plates, steps and rails, absolutely everything to uh, protect your Forby, uh, right down to the seat covers, even weather shields, high quality gear for most makes and models, snorkels, towing and recovery gear, everything electrical, lights, power systems, even those fancy jump starters, a massive range of, of um, accessories are on offer, from drawer systems to fridges, even air compressors, suspension solutions as well, camping gear. What about if you're towing a van or a camper? Be sure to check out those OCAM towing mirrors, which I have on my four-wheel drive. They are good. Quality parts also from alternators, exhaust systems, clutch kits and transmissions, coolers. They've got a massive range of stuff there. Whatever you need for your tray back, your dual cab, your wagon, uh, you can be sure to find whatever you need at OCAM 4x4 Accessories. Visit the website. That's uh, ocam.com.au. It just go uh, ocam industries rather ocamindustries.com.au, or simply just type in ocam four x four accessories into your Google search engine, and you will uh, find everything you need there. Exploring explore Australia with confidence by using ocam four x four accessories. I certainly use a fair bit of their gear. We've been doing up my daughter's Jeep here, and um, she's joined a four wheel drive club called Yeah the Girls. How good's that? Well, mate, I've got a mate of mine. I, I didn't even know about it, oh, okay? And you'd think blokes who work in the caper would know. And the amount of people I've spoken to since who do know about this club, I've, I must have been living under a rock. But it's called Yeah, the Girls. Yep. And it's an all-girl four-wheel drive club. Mate, there's over 6,000 members, nearly 7,000 Australia-wide. It's huge. So I bumped into a mate of mine up the coast the other week and then um, 
he, having a beer and he says, mate, he says his daughter is into the four-wheel driving and blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, that's good. He goes, yes, he's just joined this club. And he tells me about it. And I went, right. So then I tell my daughter, Courtney, who then looks it up. So she joins the club. So anyway, we, thought, we better just, she's got the little TJ Wrangler, as you know. Yep, love it. And uh, so we've um, done some uh, some work on that. We took it down to Coldy and I said, Coldy, I need to put an OCAM wing awning on this vehicle, which we would think is not a big deal. Yep. But it's, it's a, soft a soft top. top. <laughs> it's a soft top. No roof. And, mate, the design and the fabrication work he did to make it barely noticeable is just unbelievable. And it's there. It's on there. Yeah, I saw the picture. It looked yeah, great. Yeah, so anyway, so that's done. We're... Um, we're going to set up, obviously because it's a little Wrangler, we have got a lot of room in the back, uh, so we have to be pretty compact. So um, we went to uh, back to OCAM and got a little 45-litre fridge and then we'll put a drawer in, we'll mount that there, give us some storage, put a little battery mounted behind the passenger seat and stuff like that. And um, got onto my mate off the track 4x4 and George, who uh, looked after some Dick CPEC tyres yep. at a good price. We've put them on and some bigger wheels Bigger tyres, all pretty, all, all. Well, put it this way, it looks like a, a late model Wrangler now with the bigger flares. So, yeah, the, the her model came out with the four inch flares yeah, on the guards. We extend them to seven, um, and the thing now looks like we've just put about t- took ten years off its life, and and or if not more, and uh, made it looks the part, and it's uh, it's going to be out there. So our mates at Uni Den are going to deck it out with a, a new radio and antenna and stuff, and. And off, she, off she'll go. Look out. Look out. Yeah, the girls. So right, I think it's fantastic. I reckon it's, oh, it's fantastic Because everyone, well. when people think about four-wheel drive clubs, they think about blokes and, you know, and as you do, yeah. right? And uh, But plenty of girls do it. Absolutely. Plenty of girls well, get in our, it and they love it. On our tag along, we, we had a, a girl there by herself, yeah. Tanya. Yeah. If you're listening, Tanya, stay away from the go-owners, mate. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm living in the backyard here. But, uh, but it's just, you know, and it's good. I reckon it's great. And, mate, they're out there and they stick together and they go on day trips, they have beginner trips, they do yep. beach runs, they do camping weekends. And, and I'll know, tell you what. This oh, is good gonna, on this, them. I reckon it's tops. This is going to be a little bit controversial. They're typically better four-wheel drivers than the Blakes too. You reckon? I reckon because you know why? It's because they listen. Yeah. They, they don't think they know everything already like Blakes do. Fair enough. That's my experience, anyway. Fair enough. In four-wheel drive, I'm not clubs commenting and, either way. So, and, mate, and competitions I'm... and stuff like that. I've found that they're always mm. they they soak it up like a sponge. Where a bloke doesn't want to be told because he already knows everything. Yeah, is that right? Oh, I reckon so. Anyway, all right, mate. Well, I reckon that's probably a good uh, episode of our first one back, the Red Dirt Podcast, for all of you out there who have um, who have been asking about our uh, our Red Dirt Podcast. We certainly do thank you for doing that. And like I say, um, without you, we wouldn't have done it. You can get in touch with us through the week if you want any place, you know, any destination you want us to talk about. And you, we can do that. We can just send an email to, uh, just go to bluecollarmedia.com.au and just click on the email tag there and send us a note. Um, in the, One other thing I might mention before we go, we're about to bring out some Blue Collar Media merchandise. So you can look out for that as well. And um, might take you out in a blue singlet there, Rico. That'd be bloody good. Oh, what do you reckon? Sounds sounds like a plan. Yeah, well, uh, mate. sign me up. Hey, sign wait, me we're going to bring it. Well, we're keeping it real. Blue singlets. Yep. Stubby olders, t-shirts, and caps. The uniform. Blue collar media, <laughs> and we'll have some duck merchandise on that. So keep your eye out for that. We we'll certainly will. Um, 
have that available very, very soon. We're just fixing up the back end of the shop part of it. And we've partnered with Distinctive Image there in Beautiful. Windsor, who do all our gear. And uh, if you're looking for any work gear or... Yeah, I've used those guys before. Mate, Bruno, I've been dealing with them for a long, long time, and uh, they're good. But, mate, that's our podcast. What do you reckon? Mate, happy days. Good to yeah, be back. It is good to be back. So for those of you, there you go, the Red Dirt podcast is back. We'll try and do it on a weekly basis, but if not, it certainly will be a lot more frequent than it has been the last 12 months. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, but we will be back with another edition of the Red Dirt Podcast uh, very, very soon. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.